0: N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash W-T-F. Lock the gate. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What is happening? I'm Mark Maron. This is my podcast, WTF. Today on the show, I talked to Tom Calicchio the top chef guy you know i'm the chef guy the from top chef i think we just wanted to chat i i like chefs i haven't talked to a chef in a while i in another life i wanted to be a chef i i i, I believe i could do it but anyways there's a couple things i want to tell you about if i could because i have the uh, the platform here to do it if you want to come out and see me and Brendan McDonald as we, are, as we are out and about with the new book, Waiting for the Punch, we have events in New York and San Francisco uh, so far up to this point. That's where we got. In New York City, we'll be at the Union Square, Barnes & Noble on Tuesday, October 10th at 7 p.m. Uh, you don't need tickets for that. In San Francisco, we'll be at the Alamo Draft House on Friday, October 13th as part of Litquake. You do need tickets for that one. Go to litquake.org to get them. And if you want to win a king size Casper mattress or get a brand new luggage set from Away or get some signed posters from me, pre-order Waiting for the Punch, and then upload your proof of purchase to enter our sweepstakes. Go to markmarinbook.com to pre-order now. All right? You want to do that? Can you do it? So I got to, Oh, you know what? I wanted to bring this up because, um, you know, Pete Davidson was on the show on Monday, and it was an amazing conversation. It was a very candid conversation, a very forthright conversation about uh, mental health, his mental health issues, mine to a lesser degree. We talked about his borderline personality disorder. Uh, and, and here's the fucking fucked up thing about our culture is that the interview got turned into a lot of clickbait by all the usual places, all the garbage outlets, you know, the, the portals of uh, psychic garbage that we are allowed into our fucking brain through our eye holes. And, uh, the, you know, the, the headlines were almost all sensationalistic, making it sound like he was in a crisis or something. And it, it just, it wasn't the case. He was having an honest, respectful conversation with me about mental health, which is something people in this country are hesitant to do because the shitty tabloid culture stigmatizes it and makes it seem wrong. It's just a shame that people would take it out of that context and sensationalize it. You know that 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 it was just an honest conversation, and it's just it's just fuck it, man. It's the opposite of helpful. It makes people less likely to get help, less likely to feel like they are okay. It's just it's just fucking irresponsible. And I just wanted to put that out there because Pete did a brave thing, and uh, he's a good kid. That Pete, and he's he's doing all right. That's what I. That's what I gotta say. All right, people got to talk about mental health. You keep hiding shit. Everything's just then. Everything is a lie. All the entire cultural dialogue is a big lie, and everyone's afraid to talk because they're going to be exploited or bullied or ripped apart or ostracized. Man, are we going to make this experiment work? Can we be a fucking community? Of humans in this country? Is it possible? All odds are against us right now. But I got some feedback on um, the size uh, of my new feral, friendly feral stray cat's uh, face. I told you about Big Head. I told you about that, you know, he has this huge head. But he also has this huge set of balls, which needs to be taken care of. And I guess that's on me. I don't know if he's domesticated, but he's pleasant sometimes. He's an odd cat. He looks like uh, like he's got this big old head and these big old balls. And, you know, and his body looks like a bicep. Like he's just this little monster. And I like him all right, but he's a little erratic. You can touch him. You can pet him. But sometimes when you're petting him, he hisses. Like he, he, you don't know if he's hissing in pleasure. Generally, with a cat, it's not pleasure. And here, he attacked me the other day, and I, I don't, I went out. My, my, you know, Sarah the painter, my, uh, my girlfriend, thinks it had something to do with my balls because I went out there naked to feed him, which I do sometimes in the morning out back. No one can see me. I'll go out naked and put the food down. And that little fucker, big head, attacked my leg and bit my leg. He bit my fucking leg out of nowhere. As I was walking away, after I picked up the bowl to fill it with food, he attacked me, bit my leg. And um, Sarah's like, well, that's because, you know, he saw your balls and, you know, he saw you as a threat, you know, of his uh, territorial threat. Like, we had a little cockfight. I had a cockfight with the cat, and uh, I, didn't, uh, I, did, I did not attack him back. I let him win that one. But to the question about the connection between balls and head, I got a few emails sort of putting it together. Um, but this was the first one from Allison, subject line cat balls. Uh, I was listening to today's podcast, and I had to stop what I was doing juicing prickly pears. There's magenta shit all over my kitchen to answer your inquiry about the relationship between cat cheeks and testicles. I'm a vet who works at an animal shelter. So I have the pleasure of working with a variety of cat testicles of all shapes and sizes. The answer is, That Sarah the painter is right, of course, in parentheses. Cheek slash jowl size is a testosterone-dependent trait in male cats. Cats who are neutered before one to two years of age will never develop jowls. And if they are neutered later in life, the jowls will stay, but will get saggier once the testosterone disappears. Isn't that the way with everything, though? Anyway, basically, there's a direct relationship between the size of a cat's balls and the size of its cheeks. Get that majestic beast neutered. Thank you for everything you do for your outdoor colony. Keep telling cat stories. Boomer and deaf black cat. 4E. Forever. Got it. I just had to figure that out in real time. 4E forever. 4E is forever. Well, thank you, Allison, for clearing that up. Now we know why I have jowls. It's because of my balls. Oh, wait. No. I meant the cat. I meant that's why the cat had jowls. There's another email here that I'd like to read you because I think it's encouraging and important, and I believe it's real. Sometimes I get emails that are not real. They're just people fucking with me. But this one sounded real, and uh, it sounded, um, I don't know, it was encouraging. I I don't think it's going to take the country by storm, but it would be nice if it would. Uh, This is uh, from William Bill. Subject line, I'm sorry, I've made a huge mistake. Hey, Mark, I just watched Too Real on Netflix. That's my special, by the way, which you can watch on Netflix. I must admit, this is the first time I've ever watched a comedy special. Great job. It was very funny. I guess I owe you and the country an apology. So here it goes. I'm sorry. I voted for Trump. I'd take it back if I could. As Gob from Arrested Development frequently says, I've made a huge mistake. I'm 44 years old and I was a conservative talk radio Fox News junkie since high school. After 25 plus years of living in the echo chamber, I finally broken free. The Donald has managed to do what no one and nothing else has been able to do. I'm off of conservative talk radio and off of Fox News. Just couldn't listen to one more sycophantic broadcast praising and or excusing inexcusable positions, policies and tweets. I've been amazed at how much more open and receptive to new views and opinions I've become since stepping back from the spin machine. I'm not ready to vote. A straight Democratic ticket, but I no longer dismiss news and views from the other side. Your WTF podcast has been an important part of this transition for me. It's been super healthy to get new views from someone I enjoy listening to. My brother-in-law introduced me to your podcast this past spring. A couple of highlights for me have been the Al Franken interview and the President Obama interview. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Bill. See, that's basic logic without even being political, is that when you see people that you've grown to trust, support behavior and ideas and actions that are heinous, you have to question the whole goddamn operation, don't you? Well, Bill, I appreciate that. I appreciate you, uh, you sending that, and I, and I believe you. And, and, I, and I have to assume that others are, are somewhat sensing that. Uh, it's a real shit show. It's a real history-changing brain-bending, completely terrifying shit show, a fucking circus of corruption and greed and racism and violence. Hey, but cooking's great. I love to cook. I want to get better at cooking. Occasionally, I'll have a chef in here, get some tips. But, you know, you can go look that stuff up. I love to cook because it takes me out of me. And like sometimes when I when I have time off like I've had over the summer, I'll spend a lot of time doing food prep, doing cooking, making things I enjoy. Uh, I'll spend hours and hours making you know beautiful food that I like to eat. That's healthy. Hours and hours of prep, days of working on the food, and I will eat it in minutes in fucking minutes. And I cannot seem to not do that. Oh, did I mention today is my birthday, which will be yesterday when you hear this? I recorded this Wednesday, and if you're listening to it Thursday, I will be uh I will have turned 54 already. I'm 54 years old. I woke up 54 this morning. And um I feel all right. I feel okay. I don't make a big deal out of it. I'm going to dinner with Sarah the painter. Got some nice calls. Appreciate all the well-wishers on Twitter and email. Thank you. I made it another year. I've I've had uh 54 in a row now with no breaks got close to taking a break but i, I stayed uh i kept uh, i kept at it i kept at this life thing so look let's listen to me and tom colicchio the top chef guy he's a jersey guy and as you know i'm genetically jersey so this is me and tom <laughs> talking all right you just walked in you're talking about a restaurant down where is it Neko park uh no silver lake Lake, yeah yeah, squirrel yeah i've been there i think once i don't i don't I, i don't know i but i have to assume that when you walk into a restaurant they're like holy shit tom's here is it is how do you pronounce your last name Calicchio. Calicchio. Yeah. tom Calicchio just walked in so there's panic in the kitchen no no so so last
1: night we did a, a 10th anniversary party at craft my restaurant here in los angeles i've been there and jessica caslow who owns and is a chef at squirrel um she cooked with me last night um johnny and vinnie uh as well and ludo and you're uh, dropping names johnny and Vinny, yeah. they're your guys over yeah, there n- no no the guys that own uh, animal okay I've been there, yeah, and so uh, so Je- you know, Jessica knew I was coming, and so yeah, but oh. that do- that does happen, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't ever drop in just to drop in. I like, I, yeah. I do a lot of times. I don't want to be known. I just kind of drop in, you know, That's just kind of try to sneak in and just have have it because you know the problem is we, we we chefs we go into each other's restaurants and yeah. we, we get what we, we call food fucked. Yeah. You know, just too much food starts coming out and you feel obliged (laughs) that you have to eat it all and before you know it, you're rolling out of there, you know... 10 pounds heavier than when you walked in, you
0: feel like shit. But. It, it is a little, it's, it, you just, that's happened to me, and I'm not a chef. Right, right, right. If I go to, like, I, I like Alex Gernicelli, right? Yeah, so sure. I'll go to a restaurant and she'll know I'm coming, and then right. they start, you know, doing chef's yeah, yeah. table kind of stuff, yeah. and you're like, oh my God. And before you know it, you're just like, nine desserts. I'm ill. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like, were they trying to kill me? Is you trying? Well, I imagine with you, it's like, I know what's happening. They're trying to kill me. They're, They're trying, trying to kill get, me, exactly. Get me yeah. out of the way. Uh huh, yeah. But, uh oh, so what's her name over there at Squirrel? Uh, Jessica Coslow. Now, what makes her like? I'm just curious because, like, I can cook, but I'm not a chef, and I'd I'd, I'd like to be, but I, I didn't go yeah. that way.
1: Usually, uh, usually after that, you get. Well, you know, I'm not a chef, but I have a wok.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Have, I do, I have. I don't. I have a wok pan. Right, right. Yeah, and because it's easy to saute and not because I wok cook. Uh huh. But like when you say, what, like, what is what makes her stylistically interesting? You know, I, I, as she, a chef, she's she's doing food that I think
1: at least that I want to eat now. Um, it, you know, there's a certain freshness to it, uh, yeah. a certain immediacy to it, um, it and it's just—it's uh, just damn delicious. Yeah. I mean, she does this this rice um, salad with this egg on this crispy rice salad with yeah. the egg on it for breakfast, and it's just—I can eat it every day of the week. Oh, uh, that sounds it's good. Yeah.
0: But now that is—that's not something you would think
1: of. No, no, <laughs> it's not—it's not the kind of food that I cook. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably why I like it. She did this thing last night that was so cool. Um, she did cabbage. Yeah. Right. And uh braised cabbage and so it was kinda of seared a little bit and, and a big wedge of cabbage. Braised and then in what? She, well, she basted it, so she seared it first in a lot of butter and yeah. then started basting it in sauerkraut juice. Huh. And then took dehydrated sauerkraut juice and used it as a garnish and then some chive blossoms, uh you know, garlic chive blossoms and huh. and, and, and and uh fried preserved lemons. It was just
0: just absolutely delicious. Now, when you, like just saying that, like, you know, I understand the logic of it and the aesthetic of it and that it's like a mildly crowded cabbage, braised cabbage <laughs> with lemon and whatever. <laughs> but do you just marvel at the ingenuity of that? No, actually the
1: simplicity of it. This is, you know, in, when you get down to it, it's a it's a wedge of braised cabbage, right? But it's just it's it's not about how it's always about what, uh-huh. you know, or not about what it's about how. Yeah, it's not that you braised
0: cabbage. How did you braise it? Right. What did what did you what did you do there? You did something a little different. But it seems like creative, like it, it oh. seems like outside the box. I mean, dehydrated a- ab- sauerkraut. cheese. Yeah. yeah. Listen, it's absolutely
1: <laughs> creative, and yeah. but and out of the box, but at the same time, simple. really simple, simple and basic too.
0: Now, where'd you grow up? New Jersey. Where? Where? Elizabeth. Yeah, you know, it's my grandfather is from Elizabeth. My uncle said everybody's from Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you search back and you go back, <laughs>
1: someone, <laughs> someone in your family is from Elizabeth.
0: Why is that? I don't know. Do they, do they all come in that way? Yeah,
1: I think, I think, you know, from Ellis Island, you if you went left, left, left on the yeah. river, you went to New York, and you take a
0: right, you went to New Jersey, and you're right yeah. there. Yeah. You're, you're in Elizabeth. Yeah. But it's, is it? It wasn't a nice. How old are you? Uh, Fifty five. Do You have still. family there still? Uh, no. I, th- I think I have one cousin left. Uh huh. Yeah. And but what was it like there when you grew up what what was the business yeah my father was was he well he had a barber shop when we were young and then he in the house yeah no no
1: not in the house no uh-huh. he had a shop and then i i think um i think he lost it um paying a gambling debt <laughs> i think <laughs> some, <laughs> something some, something they didn't talk about some some gangster
0: got the shop uh, yeah I, I don't know something <laughs> like that but yeah. anyways he, he was a correction officer in a county jail oh really yeah that's heavy yeah Coming home from yeah. that, he went from barber to <laughs> corrections officer. Yeah, exactly. In the county jail. Yeah,
1: I think it was one of those things where he was still young and it was 20 and out. And, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And then he did that his whole life? He he did, and, and he
1: actually passed away before he retired. He was 52 when he when he passed away, so it was you know, 28 oh my years God. ago. Yeah, he was young. How Of what?
0: Lung cancer. Oh, smoked? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. A lot. Yeah. It, you just grow up with that, I guess. You know that's the world that 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 you lived in. Then,
1: yeah, yeah. He started smoking when he was a teenager, probably, and he was smoke. He was good for a good two to three packs a day. Wow. Did yeah. you ever do it? I did. I, I, I you know, it's funny. My first trip to Los Angeles, I, I, I wasn't crazy about it, but I was twenty-four years old, and the only good thing that came out of it is I never smoked a cigarette again after that trip. Oh really? I was twenty-four years old, and you'd been smoking. I'd been smoking, yeah. probably a good pack a day. Yeah, and. I was here. I was working just for a couple of weeks, and I was staying in, in a motel somewhere, and I had to walk up two flights of stairs, and I was out of breath. I was twenty four, and I was like, "Fuck this! Oh, really? I got to stop this." I never smoked a cigarette
0: again. It scares yeah. you, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, what, what do you mean, just out here working for a couple of weeks? You, I, I were not a chef then.
1: Yeah, I, I was. I was a sous chef in a restaurant in New York called Quilted Giraffe, and we yeah. had three uh, three weeks off in August. Yeah. And so I asked the chef there that I was working for to you know get me out to Los Angeles to eat, you know cook, and and so he, he sent me out here to to work at a restaurant called Rex. And a yeah. uh, big old Italian restaurant. And I, I spent about a week in the kitchen and said, I got to get out of here. And, that was and, sick. and so I, I took whatever money I had and ate around and then I well, hightailed it
0: back home. So, like, when you grew up, how many siblings do you have? Two. I have an older brother and a younger brother. Okay, so there's three. You're Italian, full, yeah. th- full on. Yeah. Your mom is, what does she do? Uh, my
1: mom, uh, you know, she just took care of us when we were young. And then she... Um, you know, in the first job she had at the house, she worked at like a a, a photo uh, store or something like that. You know, processing, helping process film. But then she 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 started working at school cafeteria. She managed a school cafeteria.
0: So they a straight up working class yeah. Uh, yeah. family. Yeah, oh, I, med- shared,
1: I shared a bedroom with my two brothers for for all for the whole time. <laughs> oh yeah, until until I left when I was eighteen.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, what what is because like I was talking to Frank about it. Frank's an Italian kid from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. My part my part time assistant guy. And it seems to me that there was a time where you could go like anywhere in New Jersey and Philadelphia, and in that area, where you can find a, a pretty good Italian restaurant almost every other block. You're, you're a Jersey guy, right? Where? Well, I mean, my mother's Pompton Lakes, my father's Jersey City, but oh, I, didn't, okay. I didn't grow up there. Got it. You know, I, we were out by the time got I was six, it, but yeah, genetically, I'm Jersey. Right. So, no, there's
1: a, in, in our town, there was an Italian restaurant that was there forever called Spirito's. Yeah. And that's where we would go. My father would take us there on Fridays. Yeah. Um, he would play softball, and then we'd go there. And, and they had you know decent pizza. They had great veal cutlet and ravioli. Yeah. And it wasn't veal cutlet parmigiano. It was just fried veal cutlet with sauce and then ravioli on the side. Yeah. And that's what we ate. We had an Italian salad. And if they felt like splurging, we would get the imported provolone cheese, not, we- the, not the domestic <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah.
0: But it was good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the restaurant's still there. It's still there. It's Still there, yeah. Now, what make like? What is the difference like? Because I, I, like, what do you think? Okay, let's talk Italian food here now.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I don't. I don't go to too many restaurants here, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I don't, I don't know restaurants here that well.
0: No, I don't either, dude. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm of the belief that we don't have top notch Italian here. What, well, Angelini's uh Asteria is yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess Mario's place is Moza, good, right? Moza You know, but I, I mean, yeah. I only ate there once. Right. But, uh, but, like, there's no...
1: Like I, the old school, like, Dentana and places like right. that. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's this, right. Yeah,
0: it's kind of old school Italian. But. Yeah, but I don't know if there was a huge Italian contingent right. here, like there was. Like, they were all in Jersey and Philly. Well, they were in San Francisco. Yeah? They are all up north, yeah. 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 What, so that's where the Italian is? Yeah, I, I go think up so. There? I think
1: so. There, listen, I'm sure there's a million people <laughs> now that are going to be, like, jumping down my throat going, what do you mean? <laughs> How do you not eat there? <laughs> we're good Italian restaurants. There are great Italian restaurants here. That's probably um, true. Yeah, there are. I just, I just don't know them.
0: So how do you go? What it, what drives you to, to to cook? Did you love it when you were a kid? I mean, I was. Uh, do you have a knack for it? Yeah, when you yeah were I kid? did actually. I was I was about
1: 13, 12 or 13, and I started cooking and doing simple stuff. Like I watched my mom, mom my mom make pancakes and said, "Well, that's pretty pretty damn easy to do. I think I can handle that." It's kind of fun though. It's yeah, immediate kind and, of. And then I was. Um, Got about, about the best job I ever had. I was 13 years old, and we belonged to a, a swim club, an Italian-American swim club in Clark, New Jersey, called the Grand Centurions. Yeah. And they had a, a snack bar type thing. Yeah. And the guy hired me there to scoop ice cream and run the cash register. And within a week, I was cooking, doing like grilled cheese and burgers and steak sure. sandwiches and yeah. sauces, stuff like that. And I just loved it. This guy was paying me $275 a week under the table, and I work in a pair of flip-flops, may, you know shorts and a flip-flops, maybe maybe a shirt sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. And I just because you're just, on the grill. Yeah, I just loved it. it and, was, and so I found I was I was it was easy. It's engaging though. It was very easy. I, I understood it and, yeah. and you know I had a problem with like dealing with recipes, looking at recipes and trying to figure out recipes. I yeah. most likely would have been diagnosed with with ADD. And, yeah. and I would kind of just stumble upon them. And then I I got this book. I, I think I was about 15 and my dad came home. And he said he got it in the library, so I'm not sure what the, what the hell this book was doing in the jail's library. Yeah, but it was called it was Jacques Pepin, yeah. and it's a book called La Technique. Yeah, and he just talked about how cooking isn't about recipes; it's about techniques. Yeah, and once you learn techniques, you can throw the recipe book out and just do whatever you want. Is that true? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. It freed me up completely. Listen, it's like it's like playing guitar, right? Yeah. Before you get creative on a guitar, you yeah. have to know the basics, right. right? Yeah, yeah. And then once you understand how to, you know, if, if you can get one, one, uh, you know. Uh, uh, a pattern down yeah. for uh, well, you learn a couple of scales.
0: You can for scales, of, yeah. You once can... once you get you know, if you could play a pentatonic scale, I mean, you could do a lot. Sure, right? that's exactly yeah. right. But like so okay. So what? Are, so you're 15 and you read that book. Yep. And what are the basics?
1: Well, the basics were you I know, never how know how do you, you guys... how do you
0: cook a green vegetable. It's the same no
1: matter what green vegetable it is. How do you make a good stock? How do you make a you know uh. a, a couple of mother sauces and then you can go from there? Yeah, you know how do you butcher a few things? Yeah. And, and you know you get some basics and then you can kind of do whatever you want.
0: How do you cook a green vegetable? You yeah. blanch it. Well, yeah, exactly. In boiling water, you don't yeah. cover the pot. You make yeah. sure it's salted. Yeah. You know, it's, and those are basics. Keep it quick, and yeah. then you can saute after that. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah, and so one, and then and do you blanch broccoli, Rob?
1: Uh, yes and no. It all depends. Uh. Uh, depends on what I'm doing with it. Okay. Um, but uh, it depends. Do I want that roasted flavor, or do I want like a fresh green flavor? Right. So, okay. So, right. So if you if right. you're roasting it, you just roast it. I'm roasting it straight up. I'll roast it, but then i be getting a different flavor. Okay. But that's you know that's exactly right. So how do you treat each thing, and what <laughs> what what's the effect that you're looking for? I just want to throw a very specific yeah. question. In yeah. Yeah. And so it's you know I and I just I just found that cooking was easy. It came easy, and I enjoyed it. And my dad, I guess, it suggested and wasn't I
0: listened to him that often, but he suggested I become a chef, and I was like. All right, sounds cool. If he's into it, yeah. If I got his support, but like, but you know, because like I cooked, I did some grill cooking when I was younger. I did. I was not good at it, and I couldn't handle. Like, I fucked up a few times in restaurants, but I liked the excitement of it. Yeah, oh, I did too. Like, you got all those dupes up, and <laughs> no, you're just yeah. sweaty, and you're like, There's oh. nothing like
1: it, man. When it's busy, you're walking to a busy kitchen. I have a, I have a steakhouse in Vegas, and I walk in there, and it's, it's a busy, busy place, and I walk in and just kind of, right, guys, keep doing what you're doing, because I can't figure it out. It's like, <laughs> really? You no, know, it's insane.
0: Yeah, there's just, what is it got a big line? Like, it's, there's it's, a line
1: in back, well, you gotta- two. We there's We have side by side.
0: Yeah. And
1: there's just so, you know, there's just, a pile of meat cooking at any time. It's it's great. It's awesome to say.
0: Which restaurant's that? It, it's it's called Craft Steak. Craft Steak. in and, yeah, oh, and, and what M- is Vegas. it? Which hotel? The MGM. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But okay. So what do you? So you got the knack. You got the basics from Jacques Pepin. Is that right. how you say his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you go to school? No, I plan on going to culinary school. And at the time,
1: you ha- you had to work in two restaurants before they'd accept you. And so, you know, I fill out the application and the whole bit, and I started for working which one? Culinary Institute of America. Yeah. And then I started working around and. I think it was my fourth restaurant job. I, I finally decided to to take a shot at, at cooking in New York. Yeah, and I was at the Quilted Giraffe, which was a four star restaurant, one of the, considered one of the best in in New York. Maybe the, in quilted, States. Giraffe. the quilted Giraffe. Yeah. yeah, and within four months, I was a sous chef there. And at that so, point, I was like, I'm like, not... so you just get a gig as you get the job as a what? Well, my first my first serious restaurant job was at a restaurant in Elizabeth called Evelyns. It was a seafood restaurant. We would do a thousand covers on a Saturday night. It was yeah. just insane. And but it also you know fresh fish. Well, kinda, <laughs> um, and, and it, it, but it also opened me up to the restaurant world. You know, I was a seventeen-year-old kid, and oh, yeah. there was a lot of like you know, older, o- older waitresses around. Sure, <laughs> they were older, like twenty-three, twenty-four, yeah. going to college. Yeah, so there was a lot of a lot of. I had a lot of fun, and, and just
0: that kitchen too, right? There was nothing like it. I mean, it's just when I used to tell a story about that when you've just gotten through a lunch rush or a dinner rush, and you're out back, just covered in grease, smoking a cigarette. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, that right? was it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, we we you know I was going to the I mean at, at, then the drinking age was eighteen right so uh, you know you'd go out with your friends after work and just you know yeah you know just get, get wasted totally inebriated. yeah and manage to wake know, break up break into the off. restaurant to eat yes <laughs> there's stuff like yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah you've been there huh yeah <laughs> and so but anyway that so that was the first job and then from there I I I moved to. And I worked on the line. I worked in the bakery. I worked in prep, prep kitchen. So you understood it yeah. all. Yeah. And then I ended up going to a red sauce Italian restaurant in Union, New Jersey- Oh.
0: And then from there, went to a hotel to try that out. Red sauce Italian restaurant? What, what is it? Is that a, that's a way of, uh, that's a certain type of Italian? Well, yeah, it's, it's the red that sauce, red sauce not, that, not that northern Italian stuff. Right, right, it's not the red, whiter yeah. sauces. Yeah. 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 Our, our, or yeah. just oils and yeah. fish. Is we, didn't it? Do
1: a, we didn't do a risotto or anything Yeah, yeah, like yeah right, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. It was uh, veal parmesan, chicken parmesan. You there know, you go. Spaghetti and kind of meatballs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All yeah. set. Francesi yeah. So, and then from there, I went to a hotel and- Goddess. I was there for a couple of weeks and they made me the night chef. So I was in charge of the kitchen at night and I was so over my head. At a hotel. Yeah. And I would go and look at books and do in the dishes. City? No, this was in Secaucus, New Jersey.
0: Oh, Secaucus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My gr- we used to drive by that. My grandmother used to say that it was all pigs. There used to be. Yeah. Pigs. I mean, you know, back then in the Meadowlands,
1: you used to go by the Meadowlands and see pheasants, you know, about in there. Yeah, it was like
0: just swamplands yeah. and it stunk. Yeah. There was yeah. a smell to it. Well, it was, you know, all
1: the sulfur coming out of the ground. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. 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 That was natural? Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. All right, <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was Jimmy Hoffa decomposing. <laughs> yeah, it a lot of Jimmy Hoffa. us exactly. So, and then then I, I I worked in a in a in a decent restaurant um doing new American cuisine. Well, wait
0: tell me what happened when you were over over your head. So, oh, you're working well, I, I would
1: work on I would work on these dishes and just kind of nothing. I mean, they all loved it. But to me, I look at it and go, no, this isn't right. Something's... You had to
0: make the menu? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so I, I was, well, I, I, I was in charge of the specials. So I would come up with two, you know, two or three specials yeah. a, a, a week or whatever. And, and the, all
0: along the way, you're picking up skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're learning yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. You can make you can make right. a good meatball. All right.
1: All right. Yeah, I could do that, when, <laughs> that my mother taught me to right. do that when I was yeah. a kid. So anyway, but but then I ended up going to this restaurant called Evelyn's. I'm not Evelyn's, um, Forty Main Street, and it was a good restaurant. Where's This was in Montclair. I'm sorry, uh, Milburn, New Jersey, Short yeah. Hills, Milburn, and um, I was uh, a cook there and then and that did really well there It was a good restaurant we got three star new york times review the whole bit italian Uh, no no it was like new american oh yeah and we changed the menu every day and so we all sat together and just kind of contributed to the menu And it was a blast and then i left to go to new york at the quilted giraffe and then went back to 40 main
0: as the chef oh after my first chef's job yeah so you now tell me how how what are the ranks because like you know what does a sous chef do exactly well, this is the way I put it. You
1: know, it, it, there was you know people always ask there. You, you still cook in the kitchen? No, cooks cook in the kitchen. Sous chefs cook <laughs> a little less. Chefs cook. cook. <laughs> we really don't cook, but it's our recipes. It's our style of cooking. But our, de- but so managed, it's our management style the whole bit. So you you give up the addiction? No, no, no. It's still there. But here, so uh, if you go to see a classical piece of music, right? Yeah. You go to see an orchestra play. You know, who gets top billing? The conductor, right? Yeah. You know, they're, they're playing a piece of music that was probably written, you know, a couple hundred years ago. Right. Um. You don't expect that that that, that yeah, conductor to jump in the pit and pick up a you know the oboe and start playing or something. Sure. No, it would be just chaos. I don't even know if he knows how though. They they may they probably they probably can play instruments. I am sure he can play piano or I something. I don't know if yeah. that's true. Uh, probably they probably can, but we don't know that. But but <laughs> the chef, you know, you're in the kitchen expediting. Yeah, you're you know coordinating everything. If you have to go back there and jump behind the line and start cooking, everything comes to a screeching halt. So you want the chef out there, you know, at least. Coordinating things, so managing everything. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, But but that so that's the big payoff is you get to not be dirty anymore.
1: Yeah, you, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you don't you don't. It was the muddy the muddy python? Uh, how do you know he's the king? He's <laughs> the only one ain't got no shit on, shit on him. Because <laughs> I went over
0: like years ago. Like I've only I've interviewed like I guess you're the third or fourth chef. Really, it depends whether you consider Bourdain a chef. So so I talked. So, <laughs> I don't know if he does. No, Maybe. he probably doesn't. I don't not think not anymore can. anyway. He no. used to be. Not well, he well he he claimed that he was sort of a shitty chef. Yes. Yeah. 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 But uh, but I've talked to Scott and uh, uh, Alex, mm-hmm. and I went to Scott's restaurant and he cooked his like the famous uh, spaghetti for right. me. It's, right. it's, butter. it's butter. It's butter. It's what the difference is. Right. That's the magic. A little butter and tomato. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's good though, right? Yeah, it's fine. It's good. I mean, again, simple. How okay. simple is that? <laughs> It's so simple. It's, it's maddening. It's all about timing, though. Because you eat it at the restaurant, you're like, "Oh my god! Yeah, this is insane." But
1: that's all timing. What it's, do you mean? It's it's, it's it's when do you put the butter in? You know, when do you know once that once that, that pasta is cooked. Yeah. And you mix it and you put it in with the sauce, and you're finishing it with the sauce. Yeah. It's just the timing of getting it all right. Where right. it's just the consistency of the sauce because the starches of the pasta really play into that as well. Yeah, because you use some of that pasta water. Right, that has to go in there. Yeah. And so a combination of the tomatoes, the pasta water, fresh herb, yeah. and a little bit of butter and some olive oil. And there's a, a certain moment where it all just comes together. Yeah, and they have to eat it. At that point. You got to eat that yeah. right then. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. keep. No, 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 no.
0: It doesn't <laughs> doesn't hold very well. So do you do that though? Like when you know you go to someone else's restaurant and you are like, "How the fuck did he make that?"
1: There are times, yeah. There, so there was a, a, a great chef who, um, <laughs> you know, his name was Pierre Gagnier. He's, he's still. Um, he, he had a restaurant in, in a little town uh, near Lyon called Saint Etienne, and I would go where? there. Saint Etienne. It was in in, in France. Okay. And, so I and I used to go there, and this guy was one of the you know one of the early guys where I'd look at it and go, "How the hell did he do this?" Really? And then I'd go and try to reverse engineer yeah. and figure it out. Um, but uh, was it simple no <laughs> no a lot of it a lot of it was it was so you know
0: remember, French is complicated though right? I remember
1: looking at this one yeah but this was kind of avant-garde stuff I remember looking yeah. at this one dish and it was a lemon consomme and uh, but you know I'm looking at it and I'm saying well this is interesting because lemon's not clear lemon juice isn't clear yeah right but yeah. this is crystal clear huh. so how do, how do you do it yeah. And so I figured out. Well, you clarify consomme with egg whites, so right. uh, can you clarify lemon juice with egg whites. The answer is yes. Oh, you can. And so yeah, I know. Assuming that's how he did, that's how I ended up doing it. It's egg whites
0: um, or egg shells.
1: Egg whites. Well, you could put shells and stuff in, but you know, this the proteins from the whites, uh, you know, collect Cl- all the all the fat and well, stuff. Yeah. yeah. So
0: that. So that's how you. Yeah.
1: And and so yeah, and so it worked. And yeah. so, but he was he was fantastic. Still, it's a fantastic chef. Yeah.
0: So all right. So you you teach yourself. You end up at the quilted giraffe. Yeah and uh, then you're back at the other place yeah uh, where you do your first head chef job yep yep and as a sous chef you you're working alongside the chef to sort of execute the shit you're still cooking
1: yeah yeah sous means under so it's just an uh, under chef um, so you're sort of in charge of the kitchen, still
0: getting dirty. Yeah, you're still getting dirty. Um, and a cook's a cook. Cook's a cook. You tell him what to do, and he should know. He all he knows, all he needs to know is technique. No, a cook, no, a cook is you. You, you tell him what to
1: do, but they always know better. And so they want to do it their way until one day you scream at them enough, and they finally you know realize that. And then they quit and yeah. become a chef. Well, something like that. So I opened a restaurant uh, a couple months back. And, you know, my whole thing is, like, I yeah. think I think cooks often, the, the heat's too high, the pans are too hot, and you got to, like, slow down. You don't need to cook on high heat, but everybody's trained to cook on high heat because they think that's going to cook the food faster, and they got to get the food out. And so after, you know, day after day saying, lower the flames, lower your oven, doesn't need to be at 500 degrees. And I went and <laughs> I pulled a plate out of the oven and burnt the hell out of my hands. Was, I just had a fit, and started screaming. So the next day, all of a sudden, I noticed the flames were all down, the ovens were all down. And... Couple of days later, the the, the cook, a young woman, she came next to me. She goes, "You know, you're right. You're right." <laughs> said, Thanks. It's your goes, restaurant. It really doesn't make a difference. Like, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, when do you really start to come into your own as a chef? So it's not out in no Jersey. No,
1: it wasn't. Um. Uh. So I I left that restaurant. What was it called again? It was called Forty Main Street and that was in Jersey yeah yeah. and so I left that restaurant and um, I was actually a co-chef with a buddy my name is Jerry Bryan who was from Virginia Beach and he ended up going back to Virginia Beach to open a restaurant and he opened a restaurant in Portsmouth yeah. which was near Norfolk and uh, I was kind of between jobs. It was right after you know, the holidays, and he called me up, he said, I need help, can you come down here? So I figured I'd go down there for a couple weeks and help out. Yeah. I ended up staying in, for seven months. Really? <laughs> right. right. In, in Virginia Beach? Yeah, and just helped him out. I had a great place on the beach, That one of the, one of the guys that owned the restaurant. But you didn't have a family yet? No, no, Nothing. no, I was 25. Yeah. One of the guys who owned it had a condo on the beach, he gave me that to live in, it was a blast, I had a yeah. good time. And so then, there was a guy who I knew in New Jersey, his name was Dennis Foy, and he had a restaurant in Chatham, New Jersey, called the Tarragon Tree, and he was opening a restaurant in New York. And I was in New York at a party for a mutual friend, and the guy took Dennis aside and said, "This is the guy you should have to run your kitchen in New York." Point uh, and you pointed at me. Yeah. And so he called me up, asked me to come, and, and at the time I was ready to go to, uh, to France, and I had six months set up in two different restaurants in France to learn. Just yeah, just to just to yeah. go and stye. We called Stage. You go there and three months in one restaurant, three in the other restaurant, and so I, I said no. And right after that, my father was diagnosed with lung cancer, and we knew that he only had about three months to live. And so I decided to stay close to home, not go to France. I took the job. My dad passed away, so I was out of the restaurant for about a month. Yeah. And I came back and started working there, and I, I, I didn't care for it at all. I didn't like what he was doing. What was the restaurant? It was it was called Mondrian. Yeah. Um, and... So Like what do you mean? Why didn't you like it? I, I didn't like his I didn't like what he was doing. He's a good good chef. Yeah. But I just this, this his style of managing the restaurant wasn't oh, wasn't for me. Ex military guy wasn't my thing. Right. And so um I I left and I, I ended up going to France. Yeah. And I got a call from the owner of the restaurant saying, you know, come back, we want to talk to you. So <laughs> long story short, I took over uh the chef's role in the restaurant and started doing my own thing and within I think three or four months, I got a three-star review from the New York Times. And that at kind the Montreal. Yeah, and that put me on the map. And, and three stars the highest? No, four is, but three three at the time was, it was tough. It's so tough that, to get three. So that's what you're gunning for as a chef. Uh, th- you know, three, yeah, four. You, it's got to get you. Got to be a lot fancier, and you know, like Danielle, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't something that I was. I, I, I listen, I, I was a 26 year old kid from New Jersey. I didn't know three from four. Three would have been great. Two would have been good too. <laughs> I got three stars, and that
0: just that just put me on the map. But that's so it's interesting because that world, it's an insulated world on some level, mm-hmm. the food world, right? right? And back then, even more so, right? You know, pre-internet and yeah. Know. So it was like you know, it, it was like a play opening. Right. You know, who's this kid?
1: Right, Colequio. Right. Well, right. he's got the touch right yeah, it's like you know you, you stand up you know there's young guys out there and someone's gonna you know you're gonna hear about someone next year they'd never heard about before right? yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: but the funny thing about stand up and not unlike chefs is that you know over time they end up doing the same shit over and over yeah. again yeah well, we do the same thing <laughs> I know I carry the same recipes around I've carried around for you know 30 years you do have 30 year old recipes yeah. yeah huh do you yeah. I, okay alright so so now you're a three star chef in, uh, in New York City and now, is there a scene? Do you guys know each other? Like, did you know Burdain? Well, <laughs> no, I know. I didn't. I didn't know anything. I knew. I knew the
1: restaurant that he was working. I didn't know Anthony at all. But this was, you know, just just going back. Um, this is 1992, I think. Yeah. Um, and what I noticed is all all the chefs that I knew and admired started coming to the restaurant. Like like, like Daniel Ballou and, oh, yeah. and Jonathan remember Jonathan Waxman coming in, um just the other chef Gerard Pango was a French chef in town. All these chefs started coming in to see what I was doing, which was really cool. And what were you doing? I was doing my own thing, which was what it was hard to hard to explain. I was using the green market, you know. So it was kind of farm to table before there was even a notion of farm to table. Union Square. Yeah, I was going down there and, and filling up a truck full of food. You know, three times a week, I would hit the fish markets and. You on know, your own, you were on doing. my own, yeah. And and um, so I was doing this real sort of produce forward food. So on Sunday, you'd go down to the Union Square market, no, Saturday, we'd go Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, okay. Um, and then I started working with farmers that would bring food to me
0: directly. And, and you had fish guys down at where oh, yeah, Fulton, Fulton Fish Fulton Market, F- yep, yep. And um, so I was shopping,
1: yeah, it was, but it was it was worth it, you know. And so I, I, I was doing my own thing, yeah, and um. And a lot of the early reviews were saying just that. It was a new kind of food. I wasn't following anybody, you know. And right now, I think that's the problem with the internet is that you don't have to travel to see someone's food anymore. You can just kind of make a few clicks and try to understand what someone's doing so trends, f- you know, fly around very quickly. Yeah. And so the restaurant, is, uh, yeah, we were. it wasn't a commercial success. It was a bad business deal, um, restaurant. So we ended up closing the restaurant. Yeah. And um, in 1991, I was awarded Best New Chef Food and Wine Magazine, and Danny Meyer's chef um, at the time at Union Square Cafe, um, he was awarded uh, Best new Chef at the same time. There was 10, 10 chefs every year. I remember that place. Right. That's still there, Yeah, Yeah, right? well, he moved recently, yeah. So I, I met Danny, and uh, the following year, I saw him again in Aspen and said, listen, I got to talk to you when I get back home. So I called him up. He said, what's up? I said, well, and he, I knew he was a fan of the restaurant. Yeah. And so I said, him closing the restaurant. We should do something together. And he's like, no, nah, I don't want to open a second restaurant. And a week later, he called me back and said, yeah, let's talk. Yeah. And I asked him, why did he call back? And he said, we had a mutual friend who was a, a, a wine distributor. He had a wine company. And he, Sandy, he said, hey, do you know Tom, right? He said, yeah. So he called me He wants to, wants to do something together. And he said, well, I'll put it to this way. If Sandy Koufax called and said he wanted to play baseball for your team, <laughs> you'd probably say yes. <laughs> so we ended up traveling together before we, we decided to work together. We, we took a trip to Italy together. We figured if we could travel together, we could work together.
0: Yeah, oh, really? You and yeah. this other chef? No, he wasn't a chef. No, he's a restaurateur. Oh, he's a restaurateur. He's yeah. so yeah. a guy who opens restaurants. Yeah, yeah. And he had Union Square Cafe. Yes. So, you know, you go to Italy and what you, What do you do? You walk around and eat?
1: We just travel around. Yeah, yeah. And he knew Italy really well, spoke Italian. And uh, his father had a travel business. So when he was a kid, he used to go to Italy quite often, Italy in France, and France, and eat around. And, you know, just loved food. Wanted to be a chef, but decided it was, it was too hard and decided he wanted to work in the front of the house. And... Uh, and uh, he's, he's considered probably the best restaurateur in the country. Um, is that true still? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he also started Shake Shack and made, oh, made a million yeah. dollars doing that. that was, so. And that's pretty recent. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, we, we took a trip together and ate around and just really talked about, we didn't really talk about what we, what we wanted to do. We talked about what we wanted out of our careers, yeah. out of our restaurants. Yeah. And the, the, that sort of led to Sheet Tavern. Now,
0: where was that? Because I think I've been there. Sheet Tavern is on 20th um, between Park and Broadway. It's still there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, and when did that open? Ninety four, I think it was. And that was your restaurant. Yeah, he and I did it together. Yeah. And 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 the approach was, you're going to go to the market. <laughs> well, the market was there. Well, yeah. you know
1: It was American food, but it's we, close. Uh, sort of high. Yeah. Oh, it, I know this. Right place. down the street, and it was it was more high concept, but. We had this idea that we wanted to do something that was very comfortable, something that people understood. And this idea of a tavern always oh, kind of, you know, we talked about. I've eaten about. there. I, didn't, I ate there not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so we talked about this idea of, a, you know, a tavern being a place where you can get great food. But um, you would go there for various different reasons, whether to have a great meal or whether to just talk about, you know, the politics of the day or whatever it was. So the concept was sort of a watering hole. Yeah. Right. But with, but with great,
0: great food and great service. And is there rifts? Is that like, was that part of this sort of like elevating old standards yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, in a way, that well, yeah. that that became pretty popular. That whole idea, yeah, kind of hot rotting, boring shit. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, was, there was always that, and for me, it was it was taking the best of this French technique that I learned, taking this Italian sensibility that I had, and this also American sensibility, and yeah. fusing that all together and seeing what came out of that.
0: What's an American sensibility? Uh, you know, hot rods, man. That's oh, okay, you know, that, right? I, yeah. I know what you're saying you know, gu- guitar, a, guitars right, right, fenders. it's not a chef sensibility, it's just a cultural sensibility, right? Whereas the Italian and the French were actually chef sensibility. yes, yes. That's yeah, so so you stay with that for a while. So that's your first restaurant, that's a big deal, and it, it was a big deal, and you did good, yeah. We, yeah, so yeah. you partnered up with that guy, yeah, because I, I don't understand, I don't know if I talked to Alex or Scott about this specifically. Maybe I did about that. You know what? That that's the road that you're on. If you can become a good enough chef to open up several restaurants, you you that's it. Right. That's a new model. But the old model used to be.
1: You know, go back to you know the most iconic New York chef growing up when I was when I was coming up through was yeah. Andre saltner who had Lutes. Uh-huh. He lived above the restaurant. He <laughs> yeah. was in the restaurant. If the restaurant was open, he was in the restaurant. Yeah. And that was the model. And it changed, and it kind of changed, not in America, it changed in France when these these three-star Michelin chefs started doing their brasseries and their
0: bistros they did you know so oh, they got their upscale restaurant and right. it's like for you regular people that just no, want a sandwich it wasn't
1: no it wasn't even that it was uh. it was it was a, a way to, to 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 capitalize on 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 their notoriety and and they were able to to uh to to bring in other investors you didn't want to do another three star restaurant it takes too much time and too much effort right. but let's do these other smaller restaurants yeah. where you can make the food great but you don't have to you know, spend millions yeah. of dollars creating atmosphere and, right. and you know, yeah, yeah. artwork and shit yeah, like that. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was actually, let's bring, you know, better food to the masses. Sure. Right. Sure. So the uh, so the model changed from living above your restaurant. Right. To doing multiples, to, to getting on a plane going to your restaurants.
0: Yeah, there used to be, uh, yeah, there used to be a restaurant where I went to, I think it was on Hudson in New York. Some old Italian guy owned it. He brought wine in from Jersey that he made and what? it was, I forget the name. Really? I, I wish I remembered things, okay? Because yeah. I, I would have told you. I you would. I, I just want to. Hey, like I was impressed with the guy, but he never. I I was mad at him because I, I wasn't regular enough for him to got treat it. me. Got it. Got it. Got it. You know, there's that line yeah. you got to cross, right? Right. Where you're right. like, I've been here. Why am I waiting? Right, uh, right. To uh, hey, how are you, Mark? Yeah, yeah, you gotta go a few times. Right, right, right. <laughs> you gotta be regular, man. That's what it's about. It is. Yeah, sure. That's are you can That's that's what people like. My mother's boyfriend in Florida. That's what they live for. They don't even care if the restaurant's that good. If you can just be the guy that walks in, like, how are you, John? Hey, Come cheers, on. man. You want to go? Everybody knows your name, right? It's true, that's right? Yeah. True. So you, uh, but you guys are aware of that. So you, yeah. when you're in a partnership with that guy, the restaurateur, what's his name again? Danny Meyer. Yeah. So that's part of it, right? You, you, you in your mind, you're like, who are our, who are the guys that are coming in every week? Who do we, you know, who's right. the family? that are coming in every week, and you do that. You make the rounds, and you're like,
1: "Oh, oh yeah, yeah." You're <laughs> you're there all the time. You're you know, if you're working on a dish, and you know, you know a few people that you can try it out on. You test drive it on, on a few people. Yeah, yeah. You're, you know, you're giving stuff away. You're being generous, and yeah. But I think I think that's that spirit of generosity is is um, I think what makes a restaurant work. I mean, you have yeah. to create regulars
0: if right. you want to have a, a, a successful restaurant. Right. So how do you do that? Right. Yeah. With good food, right? right. and hospitality, yeah. right. right? Saying hi. Being like known first names. Yep. Exactly. Uh, right. Yeah. Acting excited to see people. Yep. There he is. <laughs> 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 and I'm always terrible at that. I can't,
1: I, I'm not that kind of guy to blow smoke up someone's ass. <laughs> no? It's just not, nah, it's just not my style. Yeah, you're, too, yeah. you're sort of intense. Par- probably because in I can't stand it when it happens to me. Like when yeah. I, and I, that's why I try to keep a low profile if I go into a restaurant. Like I'm not that guy to, you know, have my assistant call up and make a big deal that I'm coming in. Yeah. I just want to
0: kind of sneak in.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, all right. So you're doing, you're, you're sort of ahead of the curve on the farm to table idea in a way. But it seemed like a lot of people picked up on that, right? Yeah, I guess so. But, well, no, just because of, like, the, you know, like, because I remember by the time I was in New York. Well, I was there for a long time, but you know, chefs were going there. They were going right. to the market, but they still were able to find shit that was better than I could find. Or maybe they just knew what to do with it. I don't well, know. We're, we're, we had farmers. We were regulars for the farmers. So yeah. that's, that's, you got to be regular with the farmer, too. Wait, they got the stuff. They we save the, you a good shit. Yeah, we get the stuff. I, mean, I, I, would,
1: I would collect seeds and bring them to farmers and say, can you grow this for me? Really? Yeah, back then, yeah. And back then they would do it. Now it's like, no, what do you, now what I mean? grow my own shit. But Where'd you collect the seeds? What do you mean you collect seeds? Yeah, you know, back when there were seeds and stuff. You know. Yeah. Like <laughs> no. no, we you know, if you go to Italy you find like some kind of tomatoes know, or something. or something like that. A toma- yeah, a special tomato and you give them seeds and
0: Yeah. And they do it sure. for you?
1: Yeah. And you had success in
0: that? Yeah. Sure. Growing a special tomato? Yeah.
1: And you grow your own shit now? Now I do, yeah. Where? I'm a gardener. I, I have a oh, house. for your house? Yeah, I I live in Brooklyn, but I have a house on uh, on North Fork on Long Island. Yeah. And I have a I garden. And you do and like big? Uh, it's getting it's getting big. It's work. Do you, but do you can and pers- I do? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Are, I pickle. I can. Yeah, for yourself. My 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 wife calls me a, the depression era housewife. You know, at heart. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. So pickling's fun.
0: Yeah. Like, what do you pickle?
1: Uh, well. There's cucumbers and then there's you know green tomatoes or beets. Uh, but that,
0: that's like there's a science to it, right? That's almost like chemistry, right? What yeah,
1: the, I don't care. I, you know, I, there is a chemistry to it, and I'm not that focused on the uh-huh. chemistry. I know if it's high enough acid and you put it in the jar and you seal it properly, you're good.
0: And has it worked out? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm still here. <laughs> now, well, I didn't think it was gonna blow up. You're gonna <laughs> die in a pickling. No, it's, no poison it's, yourself. Yeah, it all, it all, it all. So far, it's been good. Yeah, and I now, make my, I draw my own tomatoes and the whole bit. What yeah. do you mean, draw your own tomato? Oh, well, jar them. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I make sauce and jar it. Yeah. Oh my god! So is, is this the next wave? Are we, the product's coming?
1: No, for me, no. Not maybe. Well, not 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 <laughs> not that I'm
0: <laughs> not in
1: my backyard anyway. Uh-huh. But um, no, I I I you know I, I just for some reason and I think you know my grandparents had um, both sets of grandparents yeah. gardened and you know small. My grandfather had used to garden in five gallon buckets and it worked and uh, so pickle
0: things you mean. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And and so I had this, this property, it's about three acres and houses on it. And there was one great area to garden in that was kind of in the back of the house. Yeah. And so finally I just bit the bullet and put some boxes together and started gardening and, and I just I there's there's nothing like it for oh, me. Oh. It's just so relaxed. I get out there at six o'clock in the morning. It's relaxing. I can take my time. And you, what, what what's cool about the garden is it starts to grow, you just start noticing things different every single day. Like, oh, there's a little zucchini and two days later it's oh
0: it's yeah it's growing. How did that happen? Like, yeah, how did that would, happen? I was <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> last <laughs> night that happened. Yeah. yeah. So, so it, it, it almost looks like something you could have watched happen. Yeah. You, yeah. If I if I'd just gotten to the right time, I would have just seen yeah. this thing blow up. It's it's just amazing. and so there's something about just getting in the rhythm
1: of, of having things grow and knowing when it's time to weed and water and when it's time to, yeah. you know, uh, you know when, when all of a sudden you're looking and go, what is going on with my zucchini? They looked great two days ago, and now they're all wilting. What's going on? Yeah. And you crack open the stalk, and there's a worm the size of your pinky sitting. In oh, you're dealing with the yeah. bugs. Yeah, dealing with the bugs. Yeah. But yeah.
0: well, then there's those days where it's like, I got too many zucchinis. Well, I yeah, got too many tomatoes. yeah. Well, so I
1: have a restaurant for that. I can always bring it to the oh, restaurant. And go there. You go. That's but perfect. we we use most of it ourselves at and home. Yeah, yeah. We do you know dinner parties and stuff. And
0: oh, uh, yeah, see, that's so nice it's, when you. So you do you cook for those? I right? cook at home. I cook at home a lot, especially in the summer. Uh, yeah. Oh, so you're saying your grandfather actually had a garden in a five gallon bucket? Yes. Out back. Yes, or whatever. Yes, like yeah. a tomato plant. He or would what.
1: actually put the t- yeah in a five gallon bucket. Yeah.
0: And that at that point, it's like because I always look at people with gardens. I'm like, it looks like you're going to go through that in a day. Like yeah. you, or your kale came up, yeah, so yeah.
1: that's one meal. That's one, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now I have, I have kale that, so I, I, I um actually, it's, it's another green called Spigarella. It's an Italian green uh-huh. uh, related to broccoli. And I just decided to just cut it all down the other day. And I had to blanch it all yeah. and, and then put it in bags and freeze it because there's no way I can eat it all.
0: Yeah, you can blanch and freeze? Blanch and freeze,
1: yeah. That green anyway, it's really hardy, so yeah. Oh, so it's, it's not, not like going to get all mushy? No, not at all. No, it'll hold up. Oh, yeah. see, In fact, after 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 you take it out of the freeze, you probably still have to cook it.
0: Yeah, because I got two bunches of Rob the other day, and I blanched them, and I sauteed them with garlic and red pepper, and then the pressure was on. I got to yeah. eat that shit.
1: Eat, but now, that also, you can blanch that and freeze that too. It's fine right, well, because it's hardy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I like broccoli Rob. Yeah. It's a seasonal though, it seems. Yeah. There's a season. Th- there's a season for everything. I, mean, I know, but you think you think that they you know, they get things from all over that the seasons are over.
1: Yeah, but that stuff doesn't grow when it's too hot, right? So. Oh, the rob doesn't. That's what yeah. the deal is. These, so it's these, more of a fall. It, it
0: likes to be a little cooler. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So now tell me how like where. So you get done with with the Gramercy Tavern and how do you, how do you leave something like that? Because like this is a this is the question. Like there are restaurants that you used to go, that I'd go to and I'm like, what happened? Well, the chef left. Yeah. The menu's still there, but the heart of the thing's gone.
1: Yeah, you know. So what happened was, um, Danny and I, you know, we he uh, opened a few other restaurants and created this his his group, and I restaurant group. yeah, and and I I was I was keen to co- you know continue to work with Danny, but I wasn't happy with some of his partners that he brought in, uh. and so I opened up a second restaurant called Kraft, and so we decided to work together the best we could. Um, Gramercy was a jointly owned uh, restaurant and then he was gonna do his thing, I was gonna do my thing and at a certain point it just wasn't working out and I actually worked out a deal where I was buying the restaurant from him and then last second I said, you know what, here's my you know, number. And, Gramercy. And, yeah, and so I sold my shares.
0: Um, and, and he and he went all craft. I went all craft, yeah. What year was that? Because I could sort of remember that happening. Um... T- Cause, cause then like you know the craft thing that as a brand it was it was popping up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We had craft, craft bar, and then
1: witchcraft, yeah. and then craft steak in Vegas, and then we did a craft in LA. So yeah, we 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 did. We kind of stumbled into a brand. Yeah.
0: Well, what was the angle on that? Like, see, because this is so. This is your big vision. The Gramercy was a collective vision with Danny, right? <sighs> Is that his name? Yeah, 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 yeah. So here's the here's the thing. So when I was at when I was at Gramercy, I had the you know, food that
1: I was doing. and It was all plated and and you know somewhat intricate and and during that time, plated? So you the, mean like
0: like fancy of, liquid? In, yeah, you know,
1: yeah. It looked you like know, it you're, looked, you're Bobby flaying it a bit. No, uh, I wouldn't go that far. But uh, it was it was but it was it, when I say plated, you you got and this is important because of what craft was. Yeah. So um, and there was you know five things on a plate. So sort of. yeah. Okay. And um, so then craft, you know, I, it was right around the corner from Gramercy, so I couldn't do the same food I was doing there. Yeah. And I didn't have a Thai restaurant in me or something like that. And so I was looking at where I thought the industry was going, and there was so much talk about farmers using farmers. So I said, okay, let's really honor these ingredients. And yeah. so if, if you want broccoli, Rob, can you get a plate of broccoli rob? Yeah. No, not not broccoli rob with veal or bro- just broccoli rob. Yeah. For me it was peas. Yeah. You know, when peas are in peas. season and they're great and they're you know sweet yeah. and delicious, you know, you may have them on three different menu items. Right. Well, they come in one day and they're starchy. What do you do? Yeah. You change all three items? Most likely you just kinda of go with the starchy peas. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? When peas are in season, I want a bowl of peas. Yeah. I want, or morels. I want a bowl of morels. Yeah. You know, just simply roast it and that's it. Yeah. You can't get that. There are garnishes everywhere. Ah. So then I said, okay. How about we do a restaurant where if it's fish, it's simply roasted, olive oil, some fresh herb, done. Yeah. No garnish. Right. The garnish, so everything is a la carte. So if you want your fish and then you want those peas morels, you order that way. Right. And that's how, and the idea was that this restaurant was more about the craft of cooking, less about the artistry of cooking. Oh, okay. And we really wanted to honor those single ingredients. And that's how it started. Sort of like you got
0: to do a kind of family style with the, mm-hmm. right? Like you're yeah. going to get a big, well, thing that was a much. So that was
1: that's what I was saying.
0: So instead of plated, it was family style. Yeah. Right. And you, you kind of moved the stuff around. And everything seemed like it kind of charred yeah. in a good way. In a good way. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> The, yeah, no you no 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 it was who's not who yeah, was burning the food that uh, night <laughs> no but it seemed like that that was part of the angle yeah. that you know, the roasting business yeah 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 like everything just it's all simple though yeah very simple yeah and well i like that yeah and so how many so where's the empire at now uh you know we're how do you determine this stuff what it's so craft because <laughs> i'm looking at the at the at the list of stuff you have are you on a website no, I'm just on the. Huh. Uh, just on the. I'm just looking at the
1: list on Wiki. Oh, on Wiki. Oh, god, that's probably not up to date. Um, well, no, they,
0: it's funny. They don't take things off. They just cross the, them you, out. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, closed. Yeah, closed. <laughs> closed. Great.
1: Uh, but yeah, a, but it, we, we closed a few restaurants recently. You know, the real, real estate in New York's tight these days, and so the landlords are charging crazy rents. And you know, when your time is up, and you know, they want to charge sixty thousand dollars for a, a month? you know hundred yeah a month for a forty seat you know, for a hundred and twenty seat restaurant, it's time to
0: leave. That's crazy. It's, yeah, it's crazy. It yeah. seems like a lot of the restaurants are gone that used to be yeah. in New York. Yeah, so they're all closing because of rent or the yeah. other sh- or, or other stuff. Right. So how do you determine what do you what do you make of that though? Like, it, it's is it hard to close a restaurant when it's just in the sense that do food trends change? Like, do do good well, restaurants survive forever? Or is yeah, that- yeah, yeah, until Until the rent knocks you out. But you know, wh- wh- you know what? I mean,
1: yeah, it sucks when you have to walk into a restaurant and tell you know sixty people that they're losing their job right of course That's of course that's what sucks right uh, but you know, it's not usually the food that's doing no it. no no nowadays it's rent yeah yeah i mean the restaurant was busy but at that point we would have which you know, one based on, it was called craft bar and based on the numbers that we were doing if we
0: had to pay that kind of rent we would have lost money
1: yeah you know, it's, it's, at that point it doesn't make sense
0: so what about some of these other places? What like what's Fowler and Wells? Well, Fowler and Wells just changed. We changed the
1: name to Temple and Court. Wells. That was a yeah. We just changed the name. That restaurant opened uh, about eight months ago. It's in the Beekman Hotel, uh-huh. and uh, as it turns out, Fowler and Wells—they uh, were two publishers that worked in the building. Was built in 1835, yeah. and so these two. We we named the restaurant after these two guys that you know worked there. We kind of did a little history yeah. research, and they. They were publishers, and they published published, uh, journals of psychology and a few other things, too, but they were also phrenologists. Uh Uh-huh. Feel the head for the problems? uh, Yeah, something like that. But, you know, there was also... Phrenology was used for a lot of different things. It was also used to try to prove that the Africans Africans were a separate race. Yeah. And so I, I knew that, but it was this. Debunked pseudoscience and I figured you know what the hell I knew it was also used by abolitionists to prove the opposite and yeah. black writers of the day used to prove the opposite but as it turns out the Fowler of the Fowler and Wells was the guy yeah so we had to change the name of the restaurant you got flack we we, we got in a review from the New York Times they kind of said it's a little insensitive a little insensitive <laughs> and I you know the following day decided to change the restaurant It took about eight months to Come up with a new name and
0: work changes. And what's your menu there? Temple Court. Temple Court. Well,
1: that's a restaurant where we were, where I went back to, at least when I started cooking, um, where food was more based on sauces, you know, stocks and sauces versus uh, vinaigrettes and things like that. Uh Got rid of the microgreens, got rid of the swooshes, and you know, and it's 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 a little more basic, um, where it's sauce garnish. Meat, fish, whatever. Yeah, um, and then also we reworked a lot of the classics. So lobster thermidor, we re- re- reworked, and oysters Rockefeller, and things like that. Oh yeah,
0: how do you rework oysters Rockefeller? You take it out of the sh-
1: you take it out of the shell. Number one, yeah. Uh, we use water. What is we use spinach. Well, we use watercress instead of spinach. Um, lightened up the sauce and got rid of the cheese. Huh. Um, so it's just a lo- a lighter version. Watercress is good. Yeah, and same thing with. Uh, with the lobster thermidor, we just kind of you know the sauce doesn't have cream in it. Um, yeah, lightened it up. Um How's it going?
0: It's going great. Yeah, yeah, it's going really well. Wait, so you've got a, you've got two restaurants in Vegas?
1: Yeah, there's heritage steak and craft steak. Yeah, and they're
0: both you. Yeah. yeah. Was it? What's the difference? Uh, not a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. What is it a about? Bit. What, what? What? How do you treat steaks? What's your angle on steaks? Oh,
1: uh, simple salt, pepper, just roast them up, and that's it. Yeah. Do you, buy do, good meat. That's
0: it. You got to buy good meat. Double porterhouse. Double porterhouse is great. You got to buy good meat. You know, we used to have a good double porterhouse. There's another place that closed down the meatpacking. Marcellaria Uh huh. Sure. Are that closed it. To- yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, right. See, I I moved out two years ago, so I don't I, I don't. Oh yeah. Yeah, they did the they did the rob. Yeah 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 yeah. And just a double porterhouse. Mm-hmm. The best. Yeah,
1: it's good stuff. So just buy
0: good meat. High buy heat. Good meat. Um, high to start and then turn it down. Right. Yeah. I always say high heat's not your friend. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what do you what do you make of the what do you think about the classic state Do you ever go to Luger's? I haven't been in a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's very um, specific, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I like it, but yeah. I, I haven't been in a long time. No, of course not. But yeah. like, is it? Do, do you respect it?
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and why not? They've been there for a hundred years. You have to, butter, right? Butter has butter plays a big part in that. Yeah. They get they get great meat. Butter plays a, a big role. Yeah. yeah. But it's, I like the fact that they do one thing. Warehouse. Yeah. That's
0: it. Yeah it's, yeah, it's and to get away with that, yeah, it's good. And what about the nature? Is it like uh, we'll get to TV in a sec, but like because you're out here for the Emmys, right? Yeah, are you are, are you nominated? Yeah, yeah, we're nominated for what? Yeah. Best reality show. Oh, for yeah, Top it's Chef. It's prime. Yeah, it's a prime time
1: nomination. It's yeah, it's been on
0: forever now. Fifteen seasons. It's a lot. Yeah, fifteen seasons <laughs> 15 of you
1: <laughs> tasting time. things and hurting people's feelings. Well, a little bit. We've <laughs> also, you know, we launched a lot of careers too. I know. I know. Yeah. Um. Uh,
0: but but yeah, f- fifteen seasons. So but. Was oh th- what about the competitive? You guys got to be competitive, chefs. Yeah, come uh, on. Yeah, uh. yes. There's there is competition, but it's friendly competition. It is. Yeah, yeah. Like you, but you, like but you never like sit around and go like ah, chefs are carrying something. <laughs> no. Oh, no, he's wearing his bow ties. Yeah. No, a... yeah, that's his thing. It's fine. <laughs> you know. He's a but, good guy. No, he is a, he seems yeah. like a good guy. Yeah. I, but I did eat at his restaurant in Florida when I was I was on a, a real uh chopped craze. So I was I was I would go to you know what I mean I, 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 Okay. <laughs> no, I was watching it. Yeah yeah. Okay. It was teach me how to cook. Okay in a way. In a way. Yeah. Uh but but I liked it and I liked the personalities and I went to his restaurant in Florida and I was like, This isn't that good. Yeah. I didn't have a good meal. And then I'm like, I got to go to the one in New York. I yeah. never did. But, but like, who were the, who was who your generation? Is it like Bobby?
1: And no, some, no, yeah. I'm a little older than Bobby. My generation, really? um, yeah, my generation was Alfred Portale. He's a, he's a little older than I am. Uh, Thomas Keller, um, Daniel Ballou. Um, Daniel's your generation? Yeah, yeah. He's slightly older than I am, but I was, uh, cause I was, I kind of made it, you know, that when I was 26, I was pretty young. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, I mean, Bobby's younger than I am um G- Jeffrey's my age, Jeffrey's a carrion, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: and um, you and you guys knew each other coming up
1: yeah, yeah, I mean w- you know working in new york um you we kind of all yeah know who you know you sniff around you, you sure we know who everybody is
0: yeah. and do you compliment each other, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you like, yeah, he has a good job on that. Like, you taste each other's shit. Because, yeah, I mean, like, that's the one thing that those kind of shows. I don't know, I'm, does Top Chef do it? Well, you do do it. Well, you're sitting there with chefs, and you're tasting shit. Yeah. And you can appreciate things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nice, right? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that...
1: I mean, I appreciate everybody. There's there's a lot of people doing great stuff that you'd never hear of. Yeah. Uh, chefs like, uh, you know, Jonathan Beno, Marco Canora. These are, you know, chefs doing great food in New York, and, yeah. but they're not on TV. Right. so... There's a lot of of, of you know people that are just doing amazing stuff that you just don't yeah you don't you don't you don't hear of and and uh, so yeah but there's there's a respect that we all have all right. you know I don't you know there's not a whole lot of sniping some stuff on you know sometimes you walk in the problem right now is with things have changed you know yeah. it used to be when we were coming up there were gatekeepers and certain people mostly magazine editors and things like that and, and writers who you didn't hang out with. Um, and if they decided that they liked you uh, and that you were doing some great stuff, yeah. they'd write about you. Yeah. And so you got buzz, and it was it was worthwhile.
0: There was a handful of and people.
1: Nowadays, buzz is generated for a lot of different reasons, and yeah. so a lot of times you go into a restaurant and you hear this amazing buzz, and it's like, you go there and go, really, this is it? Right. Not that it's bad, but this is what everybody's going crazy about? Yeah. All right, like I can't you know, decide, you're going to go there, your mind's going to be blown. You go there and go, and now my mind's not blown. It's good, but my I'm, I'm sorry, but, it's oh, food. So, so. It's just food.
0: I think that's. What, I think maybe after a while you're so jaded and you go, "It's just food." You know, no, I don't know if that's it. true. I think. I think the point is, is that people can generate buzz that is not solely based on the the critical palate of, of somebody you respect. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know those guys yeah. are gone really. But
1: I think it's just that it's we need someone. The internet needs someone to talk about and someone to you know that's going to be right. hot for the next three months.
0: Right. Or yeah. Right. And that's it. That's it. But but you're 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 tr- it's true that cultural criticism on all levels, y- yep. you know, whether it be food or. You know, uh, painting. Maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know so much about painting, but but uh, but just uh, you know, film. Yeah, that it's just diminishing as a, there's no the standard bearers are, are kind of gone. Right, right. And there's yeah. all user generated reviews now. Yeah, and it's, it's, like, it's it. That's yeah. It's just it's. I guess it's more democratic. But you know, what do the people know? <laughs> 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 wait, you, know, wait you, know, you need a few snobs. You do need a few. If you need a few. <laughs> just a few. Yeah. Not a uh, lot. of few. Yeah, just a few uh, yeah. respectable snobs. Yeah. To determine the, uh-huh. the yeah, so so the TV thing, so that feeds everything else. How many do you know? How many restaurants you have open right now? Yeah, we have uh, eight restaurants. Okay, and those are ones that you that are your
1: your thing. Yeah, mine are are licensing deals of the hotels and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. So when you have a licensing deal, like is a, is that a deal at the MGM? Is that a licensing mm-hmm. deal? But mm-hmm. you, cho- what what is your responsibility? Then?
1: Well, we design the restaurant. Yeah, we design the kitchen. We put the menu in. Uh, it's 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 my food. It's my management style. But yeah. they they build it and they own it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but you got to check in occasionally. Yeah, make yeah. An yeah. Appearance. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Say like I mean more I'd... so
1: when we first open up. Like right, I was there when we first opened up. I was there
0: for you know pretty much three months straight through. But like, are you in contact with the chef? Oh there? yeah, sure. Oh sure, okay, sure. Does he have problems? is he ever, like is there a problem sort of like uh no, the guy that the chef there is
1: funny it's, um michael he um, he was our first grill cook and I remember the remember the first day I looked and said this guy's gonna last about two weeks your first grill cook where at 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 the restaurant when okay. it first opened up, yeah. so this was uh, twelve years ago, yeah, and I really said this guy's gonna last two weeks yeah, he's a chef now, yeah <laughs> and <laughs> he he's did it. he's fantastic, oh that's yeah. great. he's just you know he's just one of these guys, he's kind of quiet that you know he' do his job and yeah. Yeah, I never said much, but you know, I couldn't, I couldn't tell whether he was excited about cooking because he was just kind of quiet. Yeah, and uh, he's just, just fantastic. And
0: you know? d- how is Vegas as a market now? It's, it's still great. good. It's, it's great. Just, yeah, yeah it helps we're, up. we're
1: back to uh, you know pre uh, uh, recession levels. Oh yeah, yeah, we're
0: we're finally back there. Yeah. So the economy's good, despite what we're being told. The economy's good. I mean, yeah, the rest yeah. of the world's going to shit, but the economy's, <laughs> guy, the economy's great. Well, that's the other thing. Like, you were in New York for so many years. You must have dealt with Trump when, when he was a uh, just a character. Yeah, he wasn't a foodie. I, kn-
1: I always knew who he was. And oh, he I, never I came to the ca- restaurant? No, he wasn't a food guy. I would get calls every now and then from his organization saying, we're doing a project, and we'd love you to come there. And I would say, you're building a restaurant, right? Oh, no, no, we're the best. You gotta, you're got to. you going to come Not no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> we're,
0: the we're, the,
1: we- <laughs> we're the best? We're the best. You kidding me? This would be the greatest hotel in the world, and you got to yeah. come and you should be you should be honored to, to open a restaurant and spend money in our place. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's, uh,
0: it's, it's it's I don't know relentlessly scary. I, I see you're engaged with it um, yeah, yeah. a little bit, <laughs> but it's it's the righteous thing to do. You got to push back. But like, okay, so the TV show, like uh, that's been good for you. Yeah. And uh, okay, here's a question. You've, you've okay, you've started a lot of careers. You like the people you work with. I do. Are you produce? Are you a producer on? you yeah. you are at this point yeah. what is it about the cooking an egg <laughs> like, that's, that's like, kind
1: of open-ended what about cooking an but egg but I
0: mean it's like you know there's all this talk about the perfect egg yeah because it's hard to cook really it's, yes it, and no yes and no it, it's, it, it can be um, they did it on one of the other shows They do yeah. Iron Chef or what? yeah. what's a guy uh, Michael what's a guy from Cleveland Simon Michael Simon he's, yeah. he's a good chef right? yeah 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 his, his sous chef has a great fucking restaurant right next to his it's uh, called the Green. Oh, what the hell is it called? Green ta- Greenhouse Tavern. Y- yeah, there you go, Jonathan Sawyer. Jonathan Sawyer, of course. Jonathan's a great guy. Jonathan
1: actually, um, he's he's uh, really supportive. I, I have an organization I co-founded called uh, Food Policy Action. Yeah, and we are routinely up, uh, you know, in DC on the Hill, meeting with representatives, you know, trying to push uh, this idea of better food. Oh, so really? We, we fight the fight for, for for you know people that are hungry in this country. Uh, for better farming practices, more you know, transparency in the food system, and uh, Jonathan's one of the guys who actually comes and works with me up on up on the hill. Yeah, so you, you spend. Really the, it. I didn't realize yeah. that you spend
0: a lot of time in Washington doing that uh, uh, more than I want to. Yeah, uh, and and what does that entail? Um,
1: we're 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 a, a C four. Uh-huh. Uh, we're kind of a, I'm an unpaid, unregistered lobbyist. Yeah, uh, and we don't have clients. <laughs> right, and so we just go and and uh, meet with uh, you know House members or staff, you know, are their staff uh-huh. and. Uh, you know, usually around farm bill or school lunch. Are um, uh, you know we we were heavily involved in in labeling. Um, uh-huh. Not that I'm anti-GMO, but I'm pro-labeling. Right. Um. And uh, you know, very active around school lunch, trying to get more money for school lunch, higher quality food for school lunch. Um. Uh. Working really hard on on hung- my, my my wife is a filmmaker, and she she. Uh, directed co-directed a a documentary called a place the table that came out about four years ago five years ago about hunger in this country okay and that gave us a real it gave me a real platform to 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 sort of go and go and talk with representatives about about uh making sure that we we have a you know robust nutrition programs in this this country and have you engaged since this president yeah the problem right now is you go there and you'll meet with with staff members and stuff but there's no one so for instance i was uh you know this was confirmed just 2 days ago I was with uh, secretary vilsack who was the head of the USDA and and uh, sonny perdue who's now the head of the USDA yeah. there's no one under him they haven't appointed anybody uh-huh. so there's no one to talk to so there's no one writing policy right now so it's it's just
0: bizarre there's just the government's just not functioning because no one's there and that, those are jobs that he needs to fill the yeah, president yeah
1: and so what ha- what happens is usually when you're running and you're you know you, you win the nomination um i'm reading hillary's book right now and you know, for months yeah. they were saying, "Who's going to fill these positions?" Because they knew how many positions—it was like 500 plus positions. But they're that doing it on fill. purpose. And I don't know if they're doing it on purpose or they just didn't think about it because they, they didn't think they were going to win. Yeah. So there was just like, and he is not, he does doesn't—not someone who knows how to govern. It's how government yeah. works. And so there was never a thought of you know, I mean, the one it was—it was really interesting. Jared Kushner, when he was you know taking a, a walk through, um, asked, well, how many of these people are staying?"
0: Yeah, right, right. None of them. Yeah, you at didn't the White just House. take over a company. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: know these people are all gone. Yeah, you've got to fill these roles. I they wonder, yeah,
0: you know, how much of it is on purpose to to yeah. hobble the government, and how much of it is. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think so, so. You so there's literally no one to go address issues with.
1: There's no one to talk to right now. No. That's
0: bizarre. Yeah, so you could talk to the members of Congress, and they're involved
1: in writing in policy as well. Yeah. but there's it's no policy coming out. Nothing of these coming out. There's no, the that's, and that's a good thing though, because there's nothing happening. <laughs> They can't get anything done because there's no one to actually write policy. So that's fine.
0: All right. As long as, yes. It's right? It's not getting
1: worse. <laughs> right, right. In that pro- right. one area. It's getting worse. I think there's there's a lot of stuff going on um, with, the, with the EPA. EPA that, that sure. I actually yeah. think they should they should start calling the, the IEPA, yeah. uh, the Industrial Environment Protection Agency, because that's yeah. the only environment to the protection. the anti-environment. Protection. Environment. It's, the only, it's, the only, it's the only environment to protection is industry. Yeah. It's,
0: it certainly isn't the environment. That's, it's not the Earth's environment. That's for sure. Yeah. Back to the egg. So back to the like egg. I just saw I don't remember what show it was on, but why is it so important that there's this I- this idea about the egg?
1: You know, a lot a lot of chefs, especially the old school French chefs, said that's like, you know, Andre Saltner, going back to Andre Saltner, when you want a if you were cooking wanted a job in his kitchen, he would say, Okay, make an omelet. Yeah. And there's a way to make a French omelet. Yeah. And then there's two kinds of omelets. There's a there's a country omelet and a, a classic omelet. And how are you at those? I, I, I could, yeah, I could do them. I can handle that. But you know, a, a classic omelet doesn't have any color on it. Uh-huh. It's it's but it's all cooked and fluffy and, and yeah. Um, you know, it's all about timing and about how knowing how to do it. And a lot of people are just never trained to do it properly. So you tell, you know. 15 sh- contestants that come in like make an omelet and yeah. most of them will screw it up.
0: The w- basic omelet we mean is no color involved. Nothing. It's not brown. Yeah.
1: Because that toughens the egg. Yeah. And so it's it's just this beautiful, you know, yellow yeah. mass of um, yeah. eggs that are perfectly nothing know. in it. No. Yeah. You're, typically it's not. Typically yeah. it's just maybe some fr- fresh herbs and that's it. Yeah. It's not the in mean, the American omelet's more of a stuffed omelet. Yeah. yeah. And then there, what's the other kind? There's a French country. There's a classic in a country. The, country. the country omelet has uh, it, it's. It, there is a little color on it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, so so anyway, it, that.
1: but that's it. I mean, it's you know, <laughs> hey, my, my son, my my, my eight year old, the other day, yeah. we were at, we have, we have chickens out and, and run around too. And yeah. he, Dad, I got to learn how to cook an egg. Yeah. So I, t- I taught him how to cook an egg, and and he said, I need another one, and yeah, so four
0: eggs because he wanted to cook them, which yeah. is fine. But yeah. So he wants to. Eight-year-old wants did to learn he, how to cook an egg. But did he, was he coming at it in the same way I was, or he just wants to learn how to cook an he egg? He wants to learn how to cook an egg. Oh, I think it's just like, you didn't like, I know if I asked bring that. Bring through the omelets. No, no. like No, it was, like if, no, it was a fried. He liked them over easy, so, yeah. so okay. we did that.
1: Yeah. Oh, good, good, yeah. good. You didn't yeah. break them? He, he broke a few. <laughs> you got to break <laughs> a few. You got to break a few, yeah. So now is the show coming back? Yeah, yeah. We uh, we shoot usually May through June, and uh, we're in uh, Colorado this season. And uh Why Colorado? uh we try to go to different locations every every season and mm-hmm. uh we hadn't been to Colorado and and uh um so yeah so it's it's we're in Denver Telluride and Aspen okay and uh yeah it's, it should be a good it's season it's big foodie culture yeah, in, in and yeah. aspen probably yeah, right yeah. and De- and denver denver's actually come a long
0: way there's some great restaurants there now oh really yeah i gotta go yeah there's a place called mercantile that i like a lot well by the time i guess we put this up mercantile okay yeah. by the time we put this up uh, you'll we'll have won or we'll have lost uh but you know,
1: you know I, i'm i'm practiced just you know just happy to be not we this is our 11th nomination we won, won one to, we won one but you're happy that you come out and you it's, see everybody you know and, what, it's not my industry so and and you know the, it, what i find really interesting is that you know there's a, a whole group of Hollywood-type people who love the show. Yeah, and I'm always just shocked at who. Oh you yeah, know, who comes up? Who to comes you. up? and, Oh it's my great. god, I love the show. It's like really. Yeah, you watch this? It's great. Lee like, Schreiber, you really watch this? It's great. And he's like, Yeah, I really watch it. Yeah. It's, great. Like, yeah, really
0: watch it. Yeah. it's great. And so, you know, it's it's pretty cool. I get that yeah. too with this show. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like and I'm always sort of like, Wow, you're listening to it? Yeah, Like, on your yeah. way to work? Yeah. yeah,
1: So no, it's it's a blast because I don't consider myself part of the industry. Yeah, and yet I am. Sure. And part of the Hollywood industry, I mean, and so it's it's,
0: it's kind of cool. Yeah. And do you drop by the restaurant, or you did last night? You did yeah, I was there thing. last
1: night. Tonight we're doing a charity event on the beach, and so I'll I'll probably go and hang out with my guys and do that. Well, you got yeah. you're cooking on the beach for charity?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It seems like an ordeal. It's like one of those walk around events. Nah, we have it figured oh. out. Yeah, we have a station, people walk around, and we're we're doing that. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Well, great talking to you, man. Yeah. Good luck tonight. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> good guy. Solid dude. So I'm going to plug my gold top directly in to the champ with the wah-wah pedal again. Because I enjoyed it. And you can listen or you can't, or don't. I don't it doesn't matter. I'm going to play. I'm going to fucking play. <laughs> Boomer lives!